Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Run Your Mouth podcast. Are we running our mouths too much? Is this too much content? Are you having problems keeping up with everything that I'm putting out? Are you staying up at night going, I don't know how much more of Rob yelling at my face I can handle. And this is too much news. I liked it once a week. There was more contained, but this is too much stuff coming at me all at once. Well, if that's the way you're feeling, well, there's nothing I can do for you because I got more news. I'm I'm getting after it. I'm reading all the news stories. Hold on. This is getting uh, and let's get right into it. So first news story I have of the day is uh, this Russia stuff. It's still chaos out there. They still think we're going to go to war yesterday. Here's the headline. White House warns Russia invasion of Ukraine could come any day now. So this is basically the new three days to slow the spread. Any day now, this thing's going to, you're going to be allowed out of your house. We're going to be a war. You know, it's amazing what could be happening any day from now. I mean, the virus could be over. The virus could be starting. You might be able to leave your house. We might be at war with Russia. These are exciting times. And then here is the exact quote from an intelligence officer. Here we go. Ready? We are in the window, Mr. Sullivan told Fox News Sunday. Any day now, Russia could take military actions against Ukraine, or it could be a couple weeks from now, or Russia could choose to take the diplomatic path instead. So in other words, that's the head of intelligence. And he's basically saying, listen, I kind of get paid to make things up. I'm here with the latest report. I've got 45 agents in the field, the best technology in the world. And uh, the answer is anything can happen. Get me on the nightly news. I want the headline, death tomorrow, intelligence briefing, Open up the folder. Anything can happen. That's what we're paying the best people in the world for. Headline, death tomorrow. Uh, three sentences later. Yeah, we're not really sure. We're uh, we're just kind of winging it. But, you know, keep giving us money and we'll keep pretending like terrible things are going to happen tomorrow. Here's more on this Russia story. So the headline is, as U.S. predicts, Russia could seize Kiev in days. Diplomatic efforts set to intensify this week. Uh, and I think are we just basically setting Biden up so that he can show up to one of these debates and go, I voted war with Russia, man. I did it. They were going to invade Ukraine. I told them not to invade Ukraine. So they didn't do it. It was all me. I, that's, that's how good I am. I, I convinced people not to go to war, but here's the thing. I think that's what Biden's trying to pull. No one wanted to go to war. This is the way you get a Nobel peace prize. You get two countries to say they're going to go to war with each other. You show up, you, uh, have a little secret meeting. Everyone decides not to go to war. Then you get Nobel Peace Prizes. Everyone thinks that he did something fantastic. This is a great scam. I'd like to get in on this scam. Problem is, fucking pretty boy Trudeau. No, not Trudeau. I'm sorry. That's the other pretty boy from Canada. This is uh, Macron. He wants to go over there, and he's going he's gonna to claim all the glory. Like, he's going to go over there. Russians are all like, we no want to invade Ukraine. And Biden's like, nah, they're trying to invade me. And they're like... No, nah, I can't. I can't go back and forth in accents. But you get the idea. They're going, we don't want to go to war. We do want to go to war. We don't want to go to war. The intelligence people are like, we have no idea. Developing story. Now, I'd like to know why is Biden so thirsty for blood? Because not only does he seem to be pushing for this war in Ukraine, he's also been uh, out in uh, Syria droning kids. It, did, did Nancy run out of baby blood? You know, or the demon overlords who liked kid death, but no longer have Epstein out there telling our world leaders that they got to get out there and do more wars and drones. I don't know what's going on, but here's the thing. Last week, I was forced to make a retraction on this very show. I honor when I get things wrong. And there was a report of basically the U.S. going into Syria and taking out some terrorists and then a whole bunch of civilians and kids. But then what they did was 
They said that actually we didn't kill the kids. It wasn't our drones and it wasn't our helicopters spraying bullets all over the place. No, when we went in to get this terrorist, the guy blew himself up and he took his four kids with him. And now if that's true, I got some questions here that the terrorist decided to take his four kids with. He's like, listen, if you're going to kill me, I'm taking my kids with me. Like why? That doesn't make any sense. Have, have terrorists never watched the Godfather movies? You got to leave your kids so that your kids can go hunt the people that did this to you. Now, I'm not saying that they should do that. We're not, I'm not taking a pro-terrorist stance here. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not saying that terrorists should keep their kids in the game so that their kids can then find the offsprings of the people that did this to them. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is one, why aren't these terrorists watching TV that they have these good ideas? Two, this would make for a very good movie. If you're out there, I will option this script to you. You can hire me to write it. It's like the reverse of one of those movies. I never watched any of the movies, but the guy, I got this special set of skills guy. Man, am I bad with names. But it's like that, but it'll be the terrorist version of that, where this is the origin story where dad gets killed, and then four of them now make it their life missions to kill all of the children of the world leaders that had their, their parents killed. Now, I'm not, I'm not pro this. This is dangerous territory, where I want to make it very clear. I'm just pointing this out to call bullshit on that I don't believe that a terrorist would kill his own kids. Like, why, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you leave your legacy? Don't you believe in your terrorist work? Don't you want to leave a legacy of terrorists that were inspired? Maybe I don't understand. You know, I'm not an expert in these things. All right, here, this is the latest from uh, the trucker news, right? You got all those truckers. They're out in Ottawa. They're protesting. Here is the latest. I got to start wearing glasses. I think starting next week, I might, I might go see an optometrist because I can I could read this stuff that's in front of me, but I just don't wear glasses because I want to look cool. You know, that that's always been my lifelong legacy is calling these fucking glasses kids nerds. I still do that as an adult. All right, let's read it. Ottawa declares state of emergency over serious danger posed by anti-mandate protests. So Watson told CBS News that the state of emergency gives our staff and our city a few extra tools to speed things up like procurement. I don't even know what procurement is. It sounds like something you're doing to meet. All right. Here was my part. That's why I highlighted it. You know, I didn't actually have to read the earlier part. I literally highlighted the part that I wanted to uh, read. And here it is. We're in the midst of a serious emergency. The most serious emergency our city has ever faced. Do you hear that? The thing that is going on with these truckers is the most serious emergency Ottawa has ever faced. And I don't think there's been any deaths related to the truckers being in the city. So it sounds to me like this guy just admitted that Corona is not an emergency because here he's dealing with the biggest emergency he's ever dealt with and nobody's died. And if this is the biggest emergency, then Corona is not even an emergency. And then I don't think you'd have any reason to be forced vaccinating all these truckers. So it sounds like the truckers win. So good news, truckers out there. Your, your, your leader just admitted that uh, you guys are on the right. Coronavirus isn't that much of an emergency. Uh, so you guys can get back to, you know, being on the highways and bringing people things that they need. Uh, sad for you guys because I know how many people wanted to donate so that you could just sit in Ottawa and, uh, you know, honk your horns. But you're going to have to start delivering things again. All right. What other news stories we got on the docket? Oh, here was a good one. So you got this eight-year-old. And uh, what she did was she wrote herself a book. And no one's going to publish her book. So she goes into the public library and she puts the book in the shelf. She puts the book in the shelf and it turns out to be a big hit. The librarians, they read it. They like it. They start recommending it to other people. This thing might go into publication. This thing's a big hit. And then there was a contingency of homeless people that were outraged about this because they were like, how comes no one's recognized our cum? We've been putting our cum in these bookshelves for years 
and no one's given us jobs to start filling up the library with our cum. I mean, we're, we've been we've been waiting for our recognition, and then what? This kid's a one-hit wonder, just puts one thing in a bookshelf in the library, and all of a sudden you're celebrating them as a hero. Do you have any idea how many years I spent in this library trying to fill these bookshelves with cum, and you just recognize some eight-year-old? So you know, I I hope the homeless people finally uh, get the recognition that they deserve for all the cum that they've been putting into the bookshelves of libraries. I can only do so much for their cause. You know, I can only do so much. I can get on the airwaves, which are not actual airwaves, but, you know, I can scream from my living room and uh, try and do everything I can to rally people to your cause. But, uh, you know, that's all I can really do. And I do hope that you guys finally get that recognition you're looking for. Uh, here was a fun headline. Uh, Spirit and Frontier Airlines are planning to merge which will finally give consumers one clear choice in what is truly the worst airline. Because the CEO was like, listen, we're already the airline nobody wants to take. Sometimes it gets confusing. You know, you're a customer, you're looking for the shittiest ticket. And so now when you're trying to decide between the two worst airlines, you can just merge and then also let these people better focus their efforts on uh, catering to the poor who then they can rip off on baggage fees. Because let me tell you, Spirit looks good until you show up and then you realize I need a sing, I need to bring a single thing on the plane with me. And then you're just fucked. Uh, my recommendation is because they're going to have to pick on a name between the two. And I would go with frontier. I think frontier is the better name. Cause then you feel like you're an explorer when you actually survive the flight, you can get off that. You're like, I made it. And I will point out that both frontier and spirit are branding. That looks like it belongs on a pack of cigarette. Uh, now, this is interesting. This is how bad Frontier and Spirit Airlines is that there was a, uh, I think this is an MSNBC, CNBC, CNBC article. The headline was, this is the worst airline in the U.S. according to the new rankings, and it's not Spirit or Frontier. So that's how bad Spirit and Frontier are, is that you would instantly assume that if there was a worst airline, it would be Spirit or Frontier. Like that would almost be the given. Uh, turns out it's JetBlue, which I could see that because JetBlue does have like better than you airline. They're almost like the hipster of airline. Like we do things differently. We're the special airline. We're, and then, then they're just as cunty as everyone else. They offer you no better service. If anything, they're just as quick to charge you for your bags. They're bigger douches when they're late on flights. And uh, so fuck JetBlue. You know, I mean, every airline sucks, but JetBlue extra sucks because they try and pretend like they're cooler and hipper and nicer. And it's just like, it's like, it's like they went with liberal garbage. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. You want more information. If you're an airline executive listening to the Run Your Mouth podcast and you're wondering yourself, well, how do we make our airlines better? I've got, I've got hours of content about shitty airline experiences. You can go check that out. All right. Now, we were reporting about this mustache man yesterday, the actual head vampire, the person at the White House who's making all the coronavirus decisions, and uh, he's gotten in trouble because he was reprimanding staff. He was making for a hostile workplace, and I've got some more details on the story. Let's read the headline. Biden's top science advisor bullied and demeaned subordinates, according to White House investigation. But to be fair, what are you supposed to do when the subordinates are coming up to you and they're like, hey, man, I don't think this vaccine is working. And then you got to be like, well, you idiots aren't following the science. And then he's got to be like, no, they got to be like, well, I'm trying to show you the science. And then you got to do, you just got to bully and demean people so that they, you can convince them that the science that they're looking at is not really science. And then also, if you're going to go out there and you're going to bully the entire world into getting a vaccine that may or may not work all that well, and then you want to convince everyone that's not getting it, that they're crazy, you need to have high level bullying skills. And so that starts at home. 
You got to start with bullying your wife. Then you got to show up to work. You got to bully everyone at work. And then once you can master that, that's when you can get out there and gaslight the entire population where 50% of people can be unvaccinated and you can pretend like they're all crazy. You're crazy for not getting this thing. You need someone who's going to be a good bully in that position. Now you get upset at him for bullying the staff. That's why he's got the job. Moving on, Elon Musk. So I never thought I'd get myself a Neuralink. When I heard about those Neuralinks, you're going to put chips in my brain and then you're going to control me and you're going to make us all attacked, attached all the time so people can just read my inner thoughts. And, and no, I don't want people having my inner thoughts. That's not cool. You got to filter your inner thoughts because they're bad and make them normal and presentable when you get on an air and you're screaming about a uh, library come. You know, think about how many thoughts I must have filtered before I told you the library come thing. My thoughts aren't that interesting. I'm overplaying it here. But anyways, so you got Elon Musk with the Neuralink. And at first I was like, I'm never getting myself a Neuralink. But then you got a headline here that Elon Musk Neuralink brain champ, braid brain chip could give users orgasms on demand. And I was like, well, all right, if it's going to do that, I'm clearly going to get one. But then I realized, you know, like this is how you end up with us living in a future with zombies. That's what it is. Cause you start off and you're pressing the button, you get a little orgasm. And the next thing you know, everyone's chipper. We're just walking around all the time. Cause everyone's just having orgasms all the time. That's how you end up with zombies. I don't know if that was a good impression of a uh, zombie stuck having an orgasm. Sarah, you're the one lady here. Let us know. Was that a good impression? Moving on last story of the day. And this one's creepy as all hell here. This one becomes important. This one, everything I've said thus far, it was nonsense. It was irrelevant to your life. You didn't need to know it, but this one, this one's important. All right. So I've screamed quite a bit about the Fed, money, Federal Reserve, Black Rocks, all these institutions. Uh, all right. So Spotify, you know, you got this thing going on with Spotify and people are very upset with Rogan and all of us, we look at this situation uh, and we go, well, Rogan, he's got this massive audience. People really want to listen to him. There's a lot of advertising dollars. So this guy, he's untouchable. But what we forgot is we live in a world where profits don't matter because all the money actually comes from government. Everything's been socialized. And so if you want to stay in business, you got to, there's more money in catering to government than there is in actually giving a product to the market that the market wants. That's the wrong approach to running a business. You don't want to find customers and give them things. You want to make sure you're on the side of government. And as long as you're on the side of government, you're going to get the money that you need. And so I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but already in the side of censorship, you've got some of these aging rockers who no one gives a shit about. I mean, I like Neil Young. And I like Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. But I'm just saying it's not enough money on the table. But that was that was approach number one, right? Let's see if we can get other people to go, hey, this is terrible. Then you start pulling out the montages of out-of-context stuff that happened in the past. And then when that doesn't work, you start going for the money. So here, I'm going to read this from a Zero Hedge article. It's worth going to read the entire thing. And then, you know, I'll throw a little bit more fear-mongering and take this article out of context. That's how things snowball. Let's go. New York pension fund worried about Spotify misinformation as CEO refuses to cancel Rogan. So just when Spotify bulls were breathing a sigh of relief following this morning's apology from CEO Daniel L. Eek, who sought to soothe over SJW anger by pledging to incrementally invest hundred million artists from underrepresented backgrounds in response to the controversy over Joe Rogan. It looks like one of the country's biggest pension fund managers has decided to get involved. Reuters reports that New York state controller Thomas Dinopoli has asked the streaming platform for a report on the effectiveness of its new content guidelines, 
which unveiled late last week as the controversy over the Joe Rogan experience was snowballing. The letter also cited complaints that the show had spread COVID misinformation while also being both racist and anti-Semitic. Spotify announced a week ago that it would affix a context advisory to a Rogan episode where COVID information is discussed while also laying out content guidelines. So here's the issue. This is just one guy. I think he has $44 million in share, which is not going to blow up the company. But let's just imagine for some, I don't even know if this is the case, but just as a theoretical, let's say BlackRock was a major investor in Spotify. They've got $9 trillion, $10 trillion under management. Let's just imagine for a second that BlackRock is an investor in Spotify. I don't know that they are. I'm I'm painting a theoretical here, a theoretical issue that we have on our hands. So BlackRock's got $10 trillion and uh, they're a, let's just say a big shareholder in Spotify. And let's just say that they're also a major shareholder in pharmaceutical companies that are trying to, you know, put out shots. Now they've got a pretty good fix on all of the media landscape, except that you've got this one company, Spotify, which is not playing the censorship game and they're letting this Rogan guy actually get real information out. And so all of a sudden they change the board of directors because they've got the money to do so, or they threaten that they're going to pull out their massive investment, which will then lead the shares to fall so drastically that like now the CEO is like, ah, shit, I guess I have to be on the side of censorship. I don't know that BlackRock is invested here. I'm not saying that they are. But here you've got a guy, if he's the New York State controller, so I guess in some way that's got to be government money. That's probably pension funds from like the police and other government. And how many other pension funds exist that are in some way attached to some government? Like, in other words, the like the big money is so much bigger than the actual product money, which is us being like, so the people who are on the side of kind of censorship and controlling a narrative, making sure big pharma has got its profits or making sure that like the government just can remain in power is infinitely more money than the couple listeners that enjoy listening to Rogan's podcast and the advertisers that are actually willing to pay for the ad spots there, which by the way, that's the next war is when McDonald's goes, oh, we're not going to advertise on Spotify because of this. When Coca-Cola goes and what? Coca-Cola and McDonald's doesn't like Rogan's audience. Those aren't good potential customers. But then you got to wonder, well, like, why are so many people paying to advertise on CNN at the rates that they are? And you start realizing because it's not about getting products to people. That, 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 that model is over. Now it's about being in with government because it all filters from the fucking Fed. It all filters. And as long as you're on that side, you can make your profits. So I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen here. I'm just laying out the, the little pieces on the chessboard of how they might get this guy to be taken down. That's all we got for today's episode, which is good. Only uh, only 20 minutes. So if you didn't listen to all of yesterday's, let's take a couple comments here and then uh, we can all move on with our lives. Uh, so first, Sarah Stern paying, uh, saying that I got a great orgasm face. Thank you, Sarah. You made my day. And then we got Andrew over here. We got to get these numbers up. Your show is too good for this few viewers. You know, Andrew, you don't have to tell everyone there's that few viewers. People, we're live right now. People have no idea. You know, that, that counter doesn't remain at a later point in time. And let me tell you, in the in the, in the the aftermarket, we get a couple thousand views. It's just uh, we got to build a live show because we're on a new YouTube channel because the, the last one got censored. I don't even think I'm allowed to be on this one right now. You better whisper so that they don't realize that we're on a censored channel right now. Uh, before we call an episode, yo, Kratom, I'm home of the $60 kilo. You got a whole workday in front of you. How are you going to get through that workday unless you got yourself a full kilo of, uh, you show up to work with a kilo of Kratom, that means you can give it out to everybody. 
And uh, of course, sheathunderwear.com, which, uh, you know, now we could uh, we could close this from the screen. We can get this on the, you know, that way everyone can see the little sheath underwear logo to remind you to stop and make sure that your balls are properly supported. Right? Stop. Make sure your balls are supported. All right. That's all I got for today. Have a great work day, everybody.